0: Last week, we started looking at the Christmas story. And I said that we are too familiar with this story. Like, as soon as I start telling it, you already know what I'm going to say. Except when you actually dig into the story, what you find is, you don't really know what I'm going to say. Because in some ways, we have some bad understandings of what the Bible actually says about the Christmas story. And over time, as the story has been told again and again and again... There are sort of these attachments that have added to the story, like barnacles on a ship. And it gets a little hard at Christmas time to figure out what's ship and what's barnacles. And so we did some time last week trying to to get an understanding of what's going on in this story. And we we did sort of the Nazareth portion of the story last week. And what we did was we, we looked at sort of this family drama that unfolds. That for this this young girl who is not yet fully married, she's betrothed, to then be with child is a huge problem. It's a huge problem for her family. It's a huge problem for Joseph. And so we we sort of unfolded the the chaos of the the drama of this scenario. And uh, this week we're going to move from Nazareth to Bethlehem and sort of continue the story And then I'm going to next week do something different for this family Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, we will finish the Christmas story with Epiphany and the wise men and kind of tell through the whole story. The big deal to note about this week as we continue the story is that we're going to move past a family drama. There's still a family drama going on. But what's going to happen is all of a sudden the drama is going to move from just this family in this little town of Nazareth to now this sort of geopolitical conflict that's going on. It's gonna go beyond the family drama and into this larger drama that this little family is being caught up into. So let's uh, start reading. I'm gonna be reading in Luke two. I'm gonna read part of the story now and then we'll pick up the shepherds here in a little bit. Um, but, But pay attention to the international politics that are going on here. So we don't typically think of Christmas as a very political story to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So we start with a man named Caesar Augustus. Caesar was the ruler, not in Israel, all the way over in Rome. He's the Roman Caesar Caesar. And he decides to take a census. Now, what does a census mean? Well, a census means taxes. Okay, when, it, when you wanted to take a census, it was because you wanted to know where your people were so that you could raise taxes in certain areas and you could make sure that every area was paying the taxes that they should be paying. So you know what this is? This is a giant reminder to Israel that they're not totally free. This is a moment where you're reminded as Israelites that um, you know we, we're supposed to be God's chosen people. But remember, we were in Egypt and we got out. We were in Babylon and we got out. But still, even in our own land, we don't ultimately answer to ourselves. We answer to Rome. And and for somebody who's all the way in Rome in the ancient world to be able to say to you, you all got to move. You got to go back where your hometown is. You got to register because we're going to tax you. It's this giant reminder of who's actually in charge. And it's not you. And so the political reality, I mean, there must have been so much grumbling going on in Israel. Like, I can't believe this is happening again. I can't believe that we're still under the Roman oppression. And and, and probably a lot of Messiah talk suddenly starts coming up. Like, you know, when the Messiah comes, we won't have to do this. When Messiah comes, we won't have to pay taxes anymore. We won't have to do all this stuff that Rome tells us. Rome's going to be out of here because the Messiah is going to be in charge. We're finally going to rule ourselves. And so what ha- started as this little family drama now has this sense of, of, of touching the globe. And the Roman Empire at this time is a lot of the known world. It's a huge, huge empire going through Europe, through the Middle East, and then through a lot of the, the top of Africa. I mean, it's this large, large area. So the, there's probably all this talk about, about the Messiah. He, he's got to be going to kick them out. And there's, there's probably a lot of talk about it, especially around Bethlehem. Why? Because Micah 5.2 states, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. So we sing about, O little town of Bethlehem. But, and, and it was. It was a teeny, dinky town. But it's not an unimportant town. It's actually a very important town. Okay? Bethlehem was where King David was from. Bethlehem was where his grandfather Boaz, his great-grandfather Boaz was from. And uh, Bethlehem was also what provided for uh, Jerusalem. Okay? The, the word Bethleh- Bethlehem is actually two, uh, two Hebrew words. Say, um, so You can repeat after me. Beit bait, and lachem. Lachem. Now, I apologize if you spit on somebody's back of their head. There, right? Beit lechem. Beit means house, and lechem actually means bread. Okay, and it's because around Jerusalem it is so rocky and hilly that there's there's no real growing that goes around there. About the only thing you have is there's this one hill where you can grow olive trees. The Mount of Olives, right? But really, there's not much that comes from Jerusalem. Jerusalem has to rely on the area around them for, uh, for sustenance, for, uh, for everything they're going to eat. And so there's this area just about three miles south of Jerusalem, kind of southeast of Jerusalem, is this town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And that's where the grains came. The, the hills are, are, are more level there. It's still hilly. It's still kind of rocky, but you can actually grow things there. And um, so the, the Beit Lachem actually means house of bread, or the Arabic word there for Lachem is actually the word for meat. Because in those days, bread meant food. It was such a staple of your eating. In fact, when you have somebody over to break bread, you don't just serve them bread, right? You serve them meals. Okay, Bread was a metaphor for meals or for meats. And part of the reason was because Bethlehem was where sheep were kept for Jerusalem, Okay, they had the fields so that they could actually have shepherds. King David was a shepherd there. Boaz had been a shepherd there. And so they kept sheep on these hills around Bethlehem. And Jerusalem needed a lot of them, not just for wool, not just for their hides, not just for meat, but for sacrifices. And so this was a town that was known for providing Jerusalem with sheep and with grain and with help. So Luke tells us that Joseph is a descendant of David. He says the house and lineage of David. House is what a Hebrew person would understand. You're part of the house. But, but Luke is writing to a more Gentile audience. They might not know what house means. And so he says house and lineage is basically the same thing. Okay? He's from the family of David. And so he's got to go back there to register. It's not totally clear why. I wonder if maybe Joseph has been working in Galilee, but he hasn't permanently moved there. So he's still registered to pay taxes down in Bethlehem. He's got to go back. It's also not clear why he has to take Mary with him. Okay, Normally, Mary's not from down there. So normally he could just go by himself. Except remember that Mary was probably accused of adultery. She's probably not well liked in the town. She's probably not even well liked in her own home by some of her brothers or even her parents. And so maybe Joseph is nervous to leave Mary at home. So he takes her with him and goes down to Bethlehem. Now, this is where we get some barnacles on this story that we've got to sort of clear up. There's a lot of stuff we add to the story right here that's not really in the story. First of all, a donkey. We always picture Mary riding on a donkey down to the... Well, it's, I just read it for you. There ain't no donkey. Okay? In fact, it's very unlikely that Joseph would own a donkey. He was a tecton. He was a contractor. Okay? A farmer might own a donkey. But why would Joseph need a donkey? He wouldn't. He probably did not own a donkey. And so probably they walk. Also, the text is very clear. In verse 6, it says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And so we have this picture of Mary riding into town and she's got this really, really big belly and they're rushing around trying to find a place to stay because she's having the baby that night. Well, the text is actually pretty clear while they're there. So probably what happens is Joseph takes her A few months early so that they can be down there he can find work in that area and uh, then she has the baby uh, there but it's pretty clear there's at least some time between the arrival and having a baby now this is where we've got to do a little bit of cultural work too because there's a few other misconceptions here first of all uh, the translation i just read said there was no place for them in the inn now, we also add to this story a whole thing about an in, mean innkeeper that won't let them in. Notice no innkeeper. Okay? And in fact, if you read any translation that's written in the last 15 years, this newer translations, they don't even say in here. They normally say guest room because that word for in is not really in. It's really like a guest room. And how do we know this? Well, Luke actually uses this same word later in the Gospel of Luke when he has the people, fi- his disciples find the upper room. He, for, the, for the Last Supper? He says, follow somebody and he's going to have an extra room. And that's what we're going to have. And we translate that as upper room. But here we seem to translate it as in. The other thing is, Luke knows the word for in or a hotel. He uses it in the parable of the Good Samaritan. But in fact, he doesn't use it here. He uses a word that really means like guest room. Okay, So a lot of times in those days, you had a one room house. Okay, so so you've got to really think about how houses were different back then. It's a one-room house. Okay? And you typically then slept kind of in a balcony up above. And that way you could stay warm at night. And what you would do is you'd bring your animals into your house to heat the house at night. We don't think about Israel being cold, but at night in the desert and in those hills, it gets very cold. And so you would actually bring your animals into your house and you would sleep in an upper room okay, above there. Or sometimes you'd have an extra room on the back of your house. So if guests came, they could stay in kind of another piece of another quarters in the back of the house. This was very common because families stayed together. And so you, you know of like a mother-in-law suite that we have in houses. This is kind of, there was a guest room on a lot of houses for older members of the family to stay while the younger the family core family stayed in the main quarters and so what happens is joseph comes into town and the guest rooms are already full so where does he stay well typically we think barn but go home and look at pictures of bethlehem and tell me how many trees you see in the pictures there's none Okay? If they are trees, they're not more than about 10 feet high. Most of them are olive trees, and they have very crooked, you can't get bored. Okay? There's nobody in Bethlehem that has a wooden barn. If you wanted to have a wooden barn, you'd have to ship the wood in from Lebanon or somewhere else. No way they had a wooden barn. So they either kept their animals in a cave, a lot of times sort of built into the house or under the house. Or like I said, they'd actually keep their animals in the living room. Okay, in the main courtyard that was part of the living area. And you'd have a manger right there in the living room for your animals when they come in at night. Um, do you think there were mangers made of wood? There's not a lot of wood. And so probably it was either a cutout in the floor where you would, you would be able to put the hay and stuff for the animals at night. Or some kind of raised stone platform or stone manger that, uh, that was naturally in the living room. Which means probably a lot of people use them as cribs. It's a natural crib in your living room. So with this background, let's think through this story just a little bit more. Mary and Joseph have come. They probably come early because Joseph wants to take care of Mary. Okay? They get to a house. Um, there's no room in the guest room or in the upper room. So where do they stay? Just in the main living room or the main courtyard because that's the only place they can stay. By the way, Mary has relatives named Zechariah and Elizabeth that she had stayed with early in her pregnancy. They're about three miles from Bethlehem. So if all he can do is stay in the barn, all he's gotta do is walk three miles. He knows he can stay with Zechariah and Elizabeth. No, they stayed in a house. They just couldn't stay in the guest room. So they end up uh, staying in the main area, living area, and laying the baby in the natural crib, which was in a manger, stone, probably a stone manger right there. Now, a lot of people are probably in town for the census. So a lot of the guest rooms in town are busy. You can imagine the, the chaos, right, of that many people being in town for this census. So they settle in. Mary has the baby. We can sing all we want about it being a silent night and a holy night and all is calm and all is right. But I don't know if it, how many of you have been through childbirth. It's not real silent, not super holy. It is not calm. And frankly, it's not right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a theological song, not an accurate song. Okay? In fact, um, the, uh, the angels say to the shepherds, we'll read it in a little bit. He's, they say, born this day in the city of David. So we have this picture of Jesus being born at night, but it seemed, angels seem to apply it's during the day. Now, they counted a day as sunset to sunset, so it could have still been at night. But the text doesn't actually tell us it's nighttime either. So maybe it's during the day that she has this baby. Remember, though, even there in the ancient world, that's a scary prospect, Okay, there's there's not there's not doctors in Bethlehem. Okay, there's no ER. There's no lots of children died in childbirth, lots of mothers died giving birth. And so it's still a scary, scary proposition for this young virgin in a strange town, in the living room, in the courtyard, with some animals around. We don't know what animals, but to have those animals around gives birth. To this child, wraps the child and lays him in a manger, the natural crib in the room. They're there with some of Joseph's family, but soon they get some additional visitors. Let me keep reading in Luke. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been made to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. As it was told them at the end of eight days, he was circumcised. He was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So we're in Bethlehem. Remember, the city is actually named in part for the sheep that are there. So there are lots of shepherds, but a particular group of shepherds are out watching their flocks by night. That probably means Jesus is born in the spring or the summer. Okay, in the middle of the winter, you don't watch your flocks by night. It's too cold. You got to bring them in somewhere. Typically, in the middle of December so so they're, they're watching their flocks and suddenly there's an angel and note the the important um, the important description here there 's this glory of the Lord that shines around them. I think Luke is just struggling to have language probably the way the shepherds did like there's this glory it's like so shiny i don 't even know how to describe it and so They see this angel, this angel tells them, and what does he say? I love it. He says, this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. I I don't know if you pick up on this. He doesn't actually tell them to go see the baby. What he says is, when you go see the baby, here's the sign. And And then there's all of a sudden all these angels, and we picture them as singing. We even have songs about them singing. But if you actually read the text, it says... And saying, the text actually says saying, so they don't actually sing. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe when angels speak in chorus, it sounds like a song, but the, but the description actually says saying, and then the angels go away and the shepherds look at each other and they're like, Hey, let's go see this. Almost like, so so did you catch that? The angels like, Hey, when you go see this, this will be the sign to you. You'll find the babe. And then the angels leave and they're like, Hey, I got an idea. Let's go see this. Let's go see this. Yeah, the angel knew what you were going to do there. And so they go to Bethlehem. They see what's, what's happened. Probably they've got to go house to house a little bit to ask a few people around, maybe not in the fields. They don't know where the pregnant girl has been. And so they go to the first house and knock on the door. Hey, has anybody had a baby today? No. OK, sorry. Next, we go to the next one. And they, you know, three houses later, somebody's like, come on, they're on the other side of town. They finally find the baby they find, there's, they're not following the star. Everybody's catching this. They're just looking for a baby. Notice too, no drummer boy. I never understood how that caught, it got in here. And, and by the way, as somebody who has kids, that first night, I don't want a drummer boy. Like who's, who, who's the little kid that's like, hey, there's a baby. You know what this baby needs? Meet a drum for him. <laughs> right? No, thank you. You can keep your drum. We don't need any more noise. We're trying to sleep here. It's bad enough. These shepherds are waking us up. Now imagine all this from Mary and Joseph's perspective. And they've been having the conversations. They have to. They have to have heard on the way the complaints about what's going on in Israel. About the Roman Empire. They've probably heard comments. There's probably lots of comments about Bethlehem. When is this Messiah going to come? When is all this going to happen? And so there's like this global sense of the story. And then there's this really interesting conversation where the the, the shepherds come and they see. And if you're Mary and Joseph, you're looking at all this data. And in the middle of it, you're having your own first child. And you're trying to figure out what is going on. What will this be like? So what does it say? The text says Mary treasured all these things in her heart. I mean, what are you going to do? You just got to like take it in and ponder, treasure, think about, wonder, praise God, question God, all of that. You ever had those moments in your life where you're like wrestling with something, treasuring it in your heart, not sure what to do with it? Good news, scary news, all of that. Then the text says the shepherds go back to tending their sheep. I just I always love that. Like, what do you do at the end of Christmas? You go home. You, just, you go back to work. That's just like there's a there's also a reality there of, yeah, then you've got to go back and keep watching your flocks. But I bet you those shepherds always told the story, always continue to tell that. Then Jesus gets his name and we, we know that there's there's more story to come. We know the wise men are still coming later. We know that there's Easter still around the corner. Jesus is getting just his story is just warming up. So as Christmas comes this week, my challenge to you is read the story for yourself. Like this week, pick up an actual Bible. Okay, You can find them online, but I bet you have one. Okay, And pick it up for yourself and read it. It's in Matthew and Luke. Pay attention a little bit to the details. But but more than thinking about it, more than reading it, here's, here's my challenge. Like Mary, treasure it in your heart a little bit. Like treasure it in your heart. Like think about it. Ponder it. Ponder the meaning of it. Consider the good news the angels have. What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord? And like the shepherds, may we glorify God and find peace. And may we think this week about what it must have been like for Mary and for Joseph. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.